Hey, hello, friends, and welcome to this message, which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, senior pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities, and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Jesus was a leader. Jesus was a leader. And we've agreed Jesus is not just meant to be an ob the object of our worship, but also the object of our imitation. As he is, so are we in this world. We are called to imitate him. We are all called to walk as he walked. And if Jesus was a leader, then your neighbor is a leader. He's called to leadership. So update them. Remind them for me. Yeah? Remind them for me that they are called to leadership. I don't see anybody talking to anybody, so I'm not going to preach nothing until you help me preach. Tell them you are called to leadership. You are called to leadership. You are called to leadership. You are a leader. It is not an option. It is not something to opt in or opt out of. Jesus was a leader, and if we are to imitate him, then we are called to leadership. And leadership can be different in each, in each case. Some people are called to lead very prominently and to be captains over thousands. Some are called to be captains over hundreds, some over tens, some less. But every one of us in some capacity or other is called to leadership. And I have news for you. You are leading anyway. Now tell the other neighbor you didn't tell. Tell them you are leading anyway. It's, the question is how are you leading? How are you leading? What are you doing? <laughs> you are influencing somebody. Leadership in simple definition is influence. The influence that you exert on others. The impact that you make on others. And so the question is not whether you are leading, it's whether you are leading well. It's whether you are leading enough. But we don't want to lead anyhow, we want to lead the Jesus way. We want to lead the Jesus way. So today I'm just going to talk very briefly on leadership. Briefly? God help me. Yeah, it's difficult to be brief, but um, Jesus was a leader. And we see that the Bible does not necessarily have the word he was a leader. But we know that when he became manifested after baptism, he showed up uh, by the lake and found fishermen and said, follow me. Follow me is the cry of a leader. Follow me is the cry of a leader. It's the voice and words of a leader. Follow me means, does not mean walk around behind me, though it meant that physically for the disciples because it was the rabbinical way, the rabbis of the day. Jesus was called a rabbi, and the rabbi would show up and say, follow me. It was the ultimate call in Israel for a rabbi, the ultimate honor 
was for a rabbi to elect you and only the finest Hebrew boys after the sixth birthday. Hmm? After the sixth birthday, after they've done that primary of pursuit and then they go into that pursuit until the bar mitzvah, age 12. But the kids will be picked up and the rabbi would speak those coveted words. Follow me. It meant you have been elected because you've been found worthy to follow a rabbi. Now, I have news for you if you are in this place. You are a follower of Jesus. You are elected. Something about you amazed God. Something about you. So powerful that you have been called to be a follower. Jesus literally walked into your life and said, follow me. Only the top elect. That's why the Bible calls us the elect of God. We are elected of God because we had the voice. God is speaking over the world, follow me. But only those that have the grain of winners hear that voice and respond. And some of you are going to be shocked. You say, Pastor, but I'm, I'm, I'm a, one of the ungifted ones. No, no, you don't even have a clue. You don't have a clue. If you have, have said yes to Christ, you are an exceptional species. There's something amazing about you. And whether you ever discover it and fully express it, that's another matter. But only very special people hear the call and respond to it. And they are all leaders. We are all leaders. There is leadership potential in you. There's leadership capacity. There's leadership in you. There's a capacity to impact communities, to alter lives, to change destinies. And I don't know who told you otherwise. I don't know how life is lying to you, but you are a leader. You are of leadership pedigree. You are of leadership genetics. That is why you had the call of Christ. Amen. Yes, Jesus was a leader, and so are we. So what is leadership? Moving on. There are four levels of leadership, and I want to touch that. Four levels of leadership, four levels of influence. And um, uh, the first, uh, let, let's move on to the question, actually, who, what, what is leadership? There are four levels that I'm going to touch, but let's first define it a little better. So I put about eight uh, bullet points, and they could be ten. Let's go through those. Number one, leadership is knowledge. Leaders, to be a leader, you must be knowledgeable. Actually, put on the others as well. Let me start the other way. Two, three, and four. Uh -huh. Let's start with that. Leaders, leadership is passion. Simple. I want to describe, describe this very simply. Leadership is passion. Anyone passionate here? About anything? Yeah, even if you're passionate about uh, fish. <laughs> it's a good start. It starts with you consuming it, then you may fry it and serve it to others, you know. Let me tell you, the moment you touch the passion of the soul, you are touching the very foundations of leadership. And I, I don't want to doctor you and alter your passion. Your passion speaks of something you can be influential about. And everyone here is passionate about something. And that's where it begins. And when your passions die, your leadership has died. 
And your passions die, your leadership has died. And sometimes your passions are just not developed. Or they are not fully explored. So you may think, Pastor, how can I lead in my passion? There's no leadership in there. Yes, there is. There is something tagged to things you're passionate about. You can be a leader. You can express leadership. I mean, talking about passion of fish, I said it has a passing need. It's no joke. Jesus called fishermen. The first people he called were fishermen. Do you know how much passion it takes to catch fish? Especially the, um, the good old uh, Jewish way, the Middle Eastern way, where they would put out in the dark. This was a night job because fish hide in the day. They come out at night. So they would push out at dusk into the deep end of the waters. Fish are shy of noise, so it meant you sit quietly. You drop your nets and you sit quietly. You can't crack jokes. You can't watch Netflix. You can't play any music. You have to sit still and wait. Hours on end. Usually they came back at daybreak. That's why Jesus was waiting at the shore for them. Daybreak. Making breakfast for them. He knew they had sat all night and caught nothing. But that was the challenge of, of fishing. It means... You, you get ready, you clean your nets, and go back the following day. Passion. It takes passion to be a fisherman. But I'm just making the point. Everything you're passionate about can be redescribed, redistributed, redefined somehow into an area by which you can be a leader. So Jesus says to, to the fishermen, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He uses the area they are passionate about to describe their future deployment. Something you are passionate about speaks of your language, of your leadership. Amen. So what are you passionate about? Ask your neighbor. I'm, I'm going to bother you today. Ask your neighbor. Have a talk. What are they passionate about? You must declare. One area at least. What moves you? What are you passionate about? Somebody said sleep. I heard somebody saying sleep. Sleep? You are passionate about sleep. Okay, we need to think about that one. How can you lead the world? <laughs> With that passion. Oh yeah, you could invent a pillow which takes sleep to another level. <laughs> yeah, I tell you there are people who are passionate about beds and pillows. Let's get serious. Passion, sight. The other one is sight. The capacity to see, to notice, to be aware of. Yeah? To notice. Do you notice something? What do you notice? What do you stop at when others have walked past? What bothers you? What makes you stop? You know one thing I'm passionate about? <laughs> at least here at church. Rubbish. I'm passionate about rubbish. Not in collecting it for my personal use, but <laughs> I am concerned about rubbish. In, I am, I'm passionate about environments, to put it in a more redeemed way. I'm passionate about environments. And um, it's always been that way. I, I, 
I can become negligent, but I have always been passionate about environments. At the moment, I am dreaming about a changed platform. I might as well declare it. A completely changed platform. This is last year. Any people like me? Environmental people? Decorative people? No one in the church is decorative? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody spotted that this carpet is not perfect. Somebody. Sight. They saw these things are up. They noticed this is gray and that's blue. <laughs> Sight. Open your eyes and see. Somebody spotted that. And so, somebody spotted it and raised it with Team 3. Team 3 has gone and bought carpet. Yeah? People signed checks. Do they sign checks anyway? Swiped cards or whatever they do. And there's a carpet waiting there. We are recarpeting this whole thing in one color. Huh? <laughs> Somebody saw. And for them, they could not go home and buy another pair of shoes. Leaders see. What have you seen? What have you noticed? Nobody else has. The problem is we become inoculated the more we surrender our leadership to the population and say, well, nobody else did. It can't be important. No, you saw it. You noticed it. Therefore, something's got to be done about it. And in these days of teams, we are seeing giant slayers awaken at LCA. People are taking down giants. I happen to, know, I happen to say uh, yesterday that we need... Uh, a measuring tool which uses laser, laser technology. It sends a beam like we want to measure this building. And so to decorate this place, we are asking a, an, uh, what do they call them? Interior designer to create a 3D rendering of what the finished product should look like. So we need to measure. We said, oh, we need a laser measure. So I, I happened to say it. Somebody said, I'm paying for it. Giant taken down. Two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, so it's about passion, it's about sight. What are you seeing? So this spring, we are asking people to attack this building. Pastor Tony is getting ready. We are invading this building. We are going to be like, well, you know, when in, in a crime movie, people stand shoulder to shoulder and comb through an entire forest. We are combing through this building. Anything that does not answer to Jehovah perfection has to change. You have to find what must change about this auditorium. It must be captivating to, to behold when somebody walks in. So we want to do the stage. So we're going to do a 3D rendering. I was actually quite shocked to find when I went this time to Uganda to find churches are way ahead of us. <laughs> Guys are dreaming. Guys are seeing. I went to this church. This church has rebirthed itself. It's one of the oldest churches in, in Uganda. They have painted their whole stage black. <laughs> because black is the color of, um, of, of uh, auditoria. The stage is blacked out and then you decorate against the black. So everything then stands out. That's why you have black hair. Uh, except for the few of you. 
who are, you know, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> colors stand out particularly. Have you noticed that um, most of the microphone is black, the speakers are black, the fan is black, keyboards are black, combos are black, everything is black is the color of stages. And uh, it's also the color of the devil. Is it? <laughs> My phone is black, <laughs> unless it's switched on. It's it's just that we 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 need to we need to we 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 will need to discuss and see how we did. So we will not decorate anything unless we all agree with it. We will all agree with it. But uh, our inspiration and all our because when you want to go media. If you want, and everything now is media. Everything you watch, um, you need to understand how to work your colors. But the black, back, back, backdrop needs to contrast all the colors are in front of it, so that everything stands out. Even the rim of the projection is black. It's just the principle that for presentations, for camera work, you need. To understand. What am I talking about? Sight. Can you see? By the way, your pupils are black from where I'm standing. <laughs> I'm just sowing a seed. <laughs> and then the debate can begin. Huh? Yeah. But a shot of black, we could go something darker, maybe dark brown, or dark blue, or dark purple. Dark green. <laughs> Sight. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Can you see a stage that's different? Yeah? So leaders, leaders sit there and create problems. Here. They create budgets here. You see things as they are and you say they can be better. And you become sleepless and restless and you search and you question and you research because that's what leaders do. Leaders see. Leaders see farther than others see. Leaders see before others have seen. And leaders see more than others see. What did I say? Leaders? <laughs> you see before, you see more, you see farther. And you see better. Yeah? So we need to open our eyes to our world. Open our eyes to our own environment. Open our eyes to our own life. And ask questions. What can be better? How can we go further? Jesus was a leader. Leaders communicate. Because what I see, I must communicate to others. When you see things and do them all by yourself, you are not a leader. Yeah, you must pass it on to somebody. That means you must master the art of communication. You must become a persuader. You must become a salesman. Because the things God wants us to do, none of them can be done by yourself alone, as good as they can be done. We need to become salesmen. Selling with each other, challenging each other, co communicating with each other. Can we do something different? Oh, it's amazing today, I looked at these girls standing up here. None of them has led a service before. 
Now, when we were doing Team One meeting, we turned to Sauda. He said, Sauda, we were even teasing. Sauda, can you lead service? Sauda said, no, 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 no. I can't lead service. Did you see her charging the stage? And leading us and informing us. There is a giant in you you just don't even know. She was communicating. And that's leadership. So give it up for Sauda one more time. That communication is leadership. Every time you are persuading somebody, Every time you are stirring somebody up, everybody you are, every time you are encouraging somebody, every time you are challenging somebody, you are leading. Your children need leadership. Your boss needs leadership, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> your, leadership, your boss needs your leadership. If you are not speaking to your leaders, you are failing them. And I'm jumping ahead of myself, so I may have to just accelerate Everybody must be spoken to. We must learn to become comfortable with people speaking to us. Yeah. We must learn to become comfortable to engage with others. At your level, people below you and people above you. Everyone is waiting for your voice. Yeah. Yeah? And when leaders fail, it's because their followers have failed them. I've gone ahead of myself. Many times we fail because you have not spoken to us, but you have spoken about us. And God will have you accountable for failing to tell me, Pastor Lincoln, there's this blob of cheese on your ear. And, and if you took it off, everybody would rest. <laughs> huh? I, can, I can stand here like this. And preach a whole sermon. <laughs> and all you guys shout amen, amen. And you are wrong to shout amen without coming to tell me, Pastor, it is a disaster. <laughs> you understand? Somebody say communication. Yeah. Bible says speak to one another. Speak to one another. How? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Speak to one another in a composed way. Because when we say communication, I'm not licensing you to just open your mouth and let words drop out. Because that can be dangerous sometimes. The Bible says speak to one another in Psalms. A psalm is a piece of written poetry. You can't just spontaneously create. You think ahead and write a psalm. So Bible is saying when you're speaking to one another, design your speech. Choose your words. Yeah, let, it, let it be melodious like a song. Let it be inspirational like music. That by the time you finish, I am glad I am alive. Other than wanting to buy a rope and hang myself. Because you spoke to me. You know what I mean? Using dramatic language. Speak to one another in psalms. Think about what you're going to say. Be a, a script writer. Be a poet. Learn to speak to one another. Okay, I'm taking too long here. Serving. Is that leaders are servants. <laughs> to serve is to meet a need. To serve is to meet someone else's need. Jesus was a need meter. 
He did not come. He says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And so, at Liberty, we have ended the day of people sitting prettily and watching everybody else do the work. We want everybody to serve, to learn to meet someone's need, to learn to support the church. That is leadership. It is knowledge. Because at some point, there needs to be some knowledge at what you're doing. Because otherwise, no one can follow you when you're an ignorant person in the area you are trying to lead. There's sacrifice in leadership. People come here early <laughs> to rehearse so that they can lead us in music, to set up so that we can hear each other, to cook so that we have refreshments to enjoy at the end, to sweep so that there's not rubbish everywhere. All that is sacrifice. Leaders pay a price. Leaders set an example. And leaders take action. Amen. Speaks for itself. You can preach it yourself. Let's go to the next slide. Four areas of leadership. Let me run through. Number one, I lead myself. Number one way. The first way that you lead is lead yourself. No, no, first, let's start with I follow leaders. Okay, let's start there. I follow leaders. The first law of leadership is you follow leaders. If you do not follow leaders, you cannot lead. If you cannot, if you hate following leaders, it means you are, you are failing to lead yourself. The first law of leadership is you must desire leadership over yourself. You must seek leaders and you must pursue leaders and leadership. Leaders love leaders. There are people who are allergic to leaders. There are people who attack leaders. There are people who criticize leaders. There are people who are insensitive to leadership, hate leadership. In fact, I have had a few people in my life as a pastor. Someone came and told me, Pastor, my duty is to notice your mistakes. <laughs> I thought, Lord Jesus, what a job. To study where you go wrong. When you're preaching, I'm waiting to find where you've got the statistics wrong. What a devotion. Huh? There are people who thrive on the failure of others. And they're amongst us. There are people who are peddlers of death. There are people who just pray that as we skip the leadership rope, we will trip and fall. That's their prayer. May he fall. <laughs> May he make a mistake. <laughs> you know? But true, true leaders have a hunger for leaders. And a passion for leaders. And they pray for leaders. And they notice their mistakes and support them. And pray for, not start stories and gossip and, and pull forums together and rip our own churches apart and destroy our leaders because we are so bankrupt of leadership ourselves. And then we just attack everyone else. Watch out, watch out, watch out for killers, watch out for destroyers of leaders because they are destroying our communities, they are destroying our churches, destroying our homes, our marriages, our communities. True leaders, the Jesus-type people, they cover leaders. They defend leaders. They support leaders. When did Jesus find out 
that Judas was stealing from the money bag. When do you think he found out? When did he find out? At the end? I think so much more in the middle, but he continued with the guy. Up to the last supper, he was sitting with him and said, sit here, Judas. Let us eat out of the same bowl. Because I chose you. I saw something in you. Your leadership material. I'm going to contend for you to the last minute. I want to break and come against a spirit that destroys leadership. Because this year, God is calling us to become imitators of the Jesus-type leadership. We are going to walk with our weakest leaders. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to eat with them. We will not start stories against them. We will not gang up against them. We are going to lift up the weakest to the last minute. To the point Jesus came and pointed, okay, Judas, now go. Done my past, best. Time is, is gone now. You, you go do what you have to do. And off he went. And the rest is history. Now, I really want you to think, what is your attitude to leaders? What is your attitude to leaders? Answer me. How do you treat leaders? You better desire leadership. You better pursue leaders and ask for their influence. Listen to them. Number two, you must notice and admire leadership in others, in action. Say, my God, that was leadership. And celebrate when you see it. And finally there, it says, you serve it and submit to it. I am the senior pastor of LCF, but when I see a leader, I rejoice. I don't have to hold the mic all the time. I celebrate when somebody does something that impacts us all and lifts this work forward. I shouldn't be there saying, mm, that should have been me. No, 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 no. Yeah. I am glad somebody led. Let us multiply leaders at LCF. Let us clap for them when they have done well. Let us cover them when they are struggling. Let us keep things moving. It is the spirit of leadership. It's what we need at LCF to go to the next level. I wish I could say what I was about to say. I'll edit it for another time. I haven't, recite, I haven't re rehearsed the slogan properly. I need slogans in my head. I need to know what I'm about to say. It's coming. It's like an egg wanting to, to be laid, but... I'm feeling it's not ready. I may say something wrong. But I say people who tear down leaders and communities that attack their leaders cannot attain greatness. Yeah. They can't. So we're changing that culture here at LCF. I follow leaders. Somebody confess it with me. I follow leaders, yeah? <laughs> Do you actually follow leaders? Or are you allergic to them? Are you allergic to leaders? Oh, there comes a leader. I'm taking this. <laughs> huh? By the way, some of you guys, men, some of you are going to marry a woman who's a better leader than you. Hmm? And you're going to learn how to live with it and let her lead and celebrate her leadership. Yeah, because leadership is not male. It is... Across genders, sometimes our children lead us. Yeah. yeah. 
And I need to know Marvin is leading on this one. I'd better consult him. Son, what do you think? What are you seeing? What are you sensing? Let's move to the next. So after I follow leaders, I then qualify to lead myself. Because I see what they do and now speak to myself. And say, Lincoln, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see how that person led? Can you be like them? Oh, I am I'm one of those leadership jealous people. I look at leaders and say, Mama, I wish, I wish that was me. I wish I could learn to do that. <laughs> My wife will tell you how we drove to one of the guest preachers here. And I said, lay hands on me. I knelt down. <laughs> Put your hand here. <laughs> because there's something you do that I can't do. And I want to learn. I want it to become part of me. And when I honor leaders, I receive a transfer from them. Transfer of grace. One of the reasons I'm still alive is I'm an honoring man. Dishonoring people die quick. I will tell you that free of charge. When you dishonor people, you dig your own grave before it's time. God looks at you, what, you arrogant fool. <laughs> I'm going to resist you. The Bible says he resists the proud and shows grace to the humble. Don't dig your grave before it's due. Learn from leaders. Then you lead yourself. Let's, let's bullet point this quickly. Number one, I know who I am. That's where leadership starts. I must become a student of me. Jesus knew exactly who he was. And he made clear I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. I'll read a few more. I am the light of the world, he says. I am the door. <laughs> I am the resurrection and the life. I am, I am, I am. Do you have a list of I ams? Do you know who you are? Because you cannot lead when you are looking for somebody to name you constantly, oh yeah, people will facilitate you. But even after people have prophesied to you, you need to look in the face of Jehovah God and download your own name. Find out who he says you are. Let him imprint identity into you because it's identity which creates leadership. I am a singer, therefore I will lead singing. I am an instrumentalist. I am a cell leader. I am a wife. It is the identity that you download that releases the blessing that belongs to you. Until God has named you, men can name you until you have a thousand names. None of them will make a difference because it's not the label, but the blessing that first follow that label. When God says you are a wife, the husband will show up. When God says you are a husband, the wife will show up. When God says you are a leader, you will find followers. When God says you are an entrepreneur, doors of investment will open. When God says you are rich, the money shall show up. You find out who you are. And you must tear off every label that speaks a lie about who you are. I don't know who I'm speaking to here. There are labels that have been stuck on you by life and by events, and by people, and you need to rip them off because they are not who you are. Because they do not come from God. They come from circumstances 
They come from events. They come from people. But who does God say you are standing that identity against odds? And understand, no one is here without a label from God. You must find out who you are. You must rehearse it to yourself. You must embrace it every day and stand in it. And the shining of God's glory will come upon you. Can somebody say amen if you're hearing me? I know who I am. Because I look in the face of God and ask him to show me who I am. That is where leadership comes from. Can somebody say amen if you're hearing me today? Number two, I govern my thought life. This is self-leadership. Self-leadership. My thoughts cannot give me a run for my own money. My own thoughts cannot take over the steering wheel of my life. I will not allow thoughts to occupy my mind without paying rent. Uh, <laughs> is anybody hearing me? I want no squatting thoughts. They must all honor my identity. So I must run through my own mind taking thoughts captive, like Paul says. Taking thoughts captive and making them subject to Christ. And I say, you thought, you, 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 I heard you, I, I heard you. And I won't let you. Let me tell you guys, you're looking at a man who wages war in his own mind. If I was not fighting thoughts, I'll be a madman by now. You must walk around your own mind with handcuffs and arrest stupid thoughts. I say, who do you think you are? And arrest your own thoughts and detain them indefinitely at your pleasure. Say, never again. There are some thoughts I don't think. Are you there? Yes. Some of you issue free visas to any thought which applies. <laughs> free entrance. You must have border control. You must have a system that says, no, no, I will not even think about it because if I think that, I will die. I alone, says the Lord, know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts to give you a future and a hope. The psalmist says, your thoughts are a multitude. They are like a, the sons of the shore. If God's thoughts towards me are a multitude, why should I borrow my own? Why should I construct my own? I must take his thoughts and host them about myself. And God does not think negative according to Jeremiah chapter 11. As I've just quoted, verse 49. I alone know the thoughts. I want to think his thoughts. It's 29. 29. 29. I govern my own thought life. Yeah? Grab your neighbor. I give you permission. Give them a shake. Give them a shake. Shake them out of their weird thinking. Shake them out of their negative thinking. Shake them out of their disease thinking. Shake them out of their poverty thinking. It's a self-leadership. I must lead Lincoln before I lead Liberty Christian Fellowship. Otherwise, I'll take everybody into a ditch. Come on, God's people. Lead yourself before you give birth to a child. Lead yourself before you marry somebody. Lead yourself. Take captivity 
captive. I must govern my thought life. Let's quickly run through this. I must govern my emotional world. Ah, emotions. Have you met them? Oh my God. Emotions. Fear can show up like a raging lion. Doubt. Depression. Despair. Sadness. What are we going to do, friends? What are we going to do? What are you going to do? I need to study my own heart. The psalmist says, my soul, what is wrong with you? Wake up and trust in God. You must learn how to split yourself from your feelings. And make them sit there on a chair and reason with them. This is the business of leadership. Let me tell you guys, there are guys in the middle of the coronavirus right now. There are people in detention and some people will lose their mind just sitting in a chair waiting for 14 days to be declared healthy. Before they are even found they are healthy, they will die of their own despair in their brain. Because emotions can rule your life if you are not careful. Now you need to take this thing called my soul and understand the difference between your spirit and your soul. The life of God is in your spirit. The soul is a secondary matter. It must be discipled by the spirit. And so you anchor your spirit in the word of God and now you contend with your soul concerning its thoughts and its feelings. I don't know who I'm preaching to here. But if some of us can conquer these areas once and for all and understand sometimes the only way to, to manage is to pray all night. And I don't know about believers who never pray hours extended. Never, ever, ever because you are in the blood. Which blood? Which blood? Do you understand? Ah, okay. I told you, uh, 19, what was that? Almost 10, 12 years ago. Go to the cliff of my own emotional life and I fell over into an abyss. I was up there in pulse. And my whole emotional life packed up and collapsed like a pack of cards. And I thought, Lord, what is that? I had to reconstruct my entire soul. I had to reconstruct it. Because I had stretched myself beyond my limit. And picked up stress upon stress and issues upon issues. Battles we fight over these churches. And everybody comes to just criticize. But they don't know you are dying. Yeah? And it's got to be God. You look in the face of Jehovah God. And he recalibrates you for hours on end. When the psalmist is writing and he says, Lord, my soul longs for you. Lord, I will wait for you in the darkness of the night. Because you come to a point where either you find God or you will need a psychiatrist. Either God counsels you or you better queue up with the NHS. Is anybody with me today? So when the Lord says, I am the Lord that heals you, he is putting himself on the list as an option. Either go with him or go for counseling the rest of your life. 
I had to look in the face of Jehovah God until my emotional life realigned. Brick by brick, wall by wall, I reconstructed until I stood up and felt I'm back. Have you been there? Has anyone been there? (laughs) Yeah, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And I'm back, and I'm back, and I will never go back there. I know the road. I know the road which took me there. And I must lead Lincoln. I must lead this man. I must know him well. I must know which roads never to go down, which doors never to open. Yeah. Do you know? Ask your neighbor, do you know? Emotional world. Let's go quickly because my time is gone. I govern my actions. Thought, feelings, actions. Then I govern my resources. My time, my money, my space, my friendships. Governance, 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 governance. Because God is going to ask us to carry stuff that is so heavy. And when you are trying to serve the world and then now you are dealing with your own personal crisis as well. You can topple over and fall. Okay, let's move quickly. The rest I'll just go through quickly. I lead others. I lead others from the authority of self-governance. I begin to speak to others. Because I have been there. (laughs) Now I go the world helping people. I found a girl in, uh, what place was that? Was it Wadon? She had been robbed by pastors all over. Robbed. Because she had fallen over the cliff. Her emotional life had toppled over. Her good friend, her best friend died. And her world was shattered. She couldn't find the pieces. And now she was queuing at every deliverance church in the world. And they tell her, pay, pay. Sow a seed, sow a seed. Sow a seed. Abroad, online, sow a seed. Send a seed, send a seed. The devil, God showed me it is your grandmother. It's your grandmother who has bewitched that kind of rubbish. And money was going out. By the time I got to that family, they had paid millions of Ugandan shillings. Millions of Ugandan shillings. And I had to take from my own pain and my own self-governance and in part to her said, I've been where you are. And I came back. And I'm not charging you a penny. In fact, I'm going to give you money. (laughs) Bible says he has comforted us that with the comfort with which he has comforted us, we may comfort others. He delivers us that with that deliverance, we can tell tales to those that are in chains until you have been where you are. We lead because we have led ourselves. And we had to build our life from zero. Reconstruct our mind. And she went on to graduate and to even have another baby and to just get on with her life. Yeah? And no, no demons were cast out. I didn't stand there and now vomit in a bucket or any of that kind of stuff that people do. It was a mind thing. 
You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you. I set an example because my life is it. Number two, I motivate, I energize, I inspire. That's the force I am. I am not a destroyer, I'm a builder. You will never find me in a committee, in a meeting, cracking away at someone, yeah. <laughs> plotting their downfall. <laughs> you will never catch me disassembling somebody for my own personal, my stupid personal gossip, you know, hunger. People are dying, friends. People are trying to live. People are trying to work their marriages out. People are trying to stay, to stay sane. People are trying to lead. Everyone is trying. And there are those who are just shooting arrows. And people are trying. <laughs> Instead of coming along and saying, I saw you trying, can I help you? I am wiser than you. At least come and tell me you're wiser than me. <laughs> huh? Help your teams. Help your, your team leaders. When they send you a message, reply. Don't blue tick all day long. People are trying to get things going, to move our church forward, to move our community forward. So we need leadership to arise. I will motivate you. I will energize you. I will inspire you. I will not demotivate you and subtract your energy. When everything is so difficult and dire, we are trying to push something. We are trying to inspire each other. But there are people who are just death. What, what do you call it? Dealers in death. <laughs> death Corporation Incorporated, you know? <laughs> death Limited. Death Ministries Incorporated. I lay my life down in service of others. My God brings tears to my eyes. People who lay their lives down for us as a church, for us to flick a switch and find toilet paper. And you are dodging. You are dodging, but somebody is dying to pay the price. Laying their lives down. When we walk away, people stay late for us. For us, they stay late in this building, cleaning, shutting down, laying lives down. Leading us. Okay, I'm over preaching. Let me preach and finish. I communicate effectively. In leading others, I must speak to them. Okay, let's go to the other. I think I close. I lead leaders. That's the first one I, I made a mention. We need your leadership. Can you tell your neighbor for me, Pastor Lincoln needs your leadership. Hmm? The pastoral team needs your leadership. If you be quiet... Concerning things that must be addressed. Deliverance will come to us from another corner. God will faithfully send a prophet if he has to. But there are people here who know what we must do. And they must tell us. <laughs> because God hides things from leaders on purpose to test the followers. He makes sure no leader is perfect. He will blindside you and watch what you do. 
He will never show your leaders everything they must see. He will hide it and say, let me see how they will treat them. <laughs> let me see how they will treat them. And so you sit and you attack your own team, your own team leader or your cell leader. You attack your spouse. They are blind. They will never see some things the way you see them. God is saying, there he is. That's your husband. Do with him as you want. <laughs> Do with him as you want. And most of us, as we did Christ, we find a cross and we crucify them. And we throw lots and divide their clothes. <laughs> are you with me, God's people? What are you going to do with your leaders? Will you lead them? Will you lead them? Leaders need leadership. They need counseling. I like when someone comes, Pastor, let me help you. Say, help me. Talk to me. But if you talk to me rubbish, I'll tell you, you are, that's rubbish. I will be honest with you. You didn't think it through. I'm sorry, I won't use those words, but in my head I'm thinking that is absolute. <laughs> I always am try, I try to be honorable in my exchange. But you see, some people think they know better than we do on everything. No, no, no. We have got to have knowledge, as we saw earlier. There's stuff I know I can't portray, and there are things you don't know that I know. Ask me. But please don't leave me in the dark. And assume I know everything. Something you know may save my life. May save our church. May take us to another level. So I lead leaders. I give them feedback. I also energize. <laughs> Let me end on this. Again, I don't want to. Tissue Ministries Incorporated, where are you? <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> yeah, the sisters will bring roast corn. They, they woke up early and roasted corn. <laughs> Come and say. The pastor, I thought about you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> when you thought about me, you saw corn. <laughs> say, when last did you eat roasted corn, African style? <laughs> and they roast corn, and they bring corn. And they say, Pastor, Kasoli. Kasoli. Here's corn. And I laugh. I say, Lord, someone wake, woke up and roasted corn for me. 
uh, in North, <laughs> her sister brings me porridge. <laughs> in a flask. <laughs> African porridge. <laughs> African porridge. And she said, Pastor, I think you are tired of tea. <laughs> So I thought about you, <laughs> and I brought you some porridge. <laughs> I always take that porridge. <laughs> Whether I am full to bursting, <laughs> I must have that porridge. Because they are trying to energize me. Eh? They are trying to inspire us. Some people just need a hug. Hmm? A word of exhortation to tell them you did well. I saw that. We appreciate you. Because leaders need leaders. Yeah? I'm sorry for making a mess of myself. I look so horrible when I cry. That's horrible. Switch off all cameras and <laughs> don't upload any of this data. It will send people away instead of bringing them to the Lord. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Please help us. Help us. Everybody here is a leader. I don't want to cry again. My son, Lucky. Midnight, I remember. Oh my God, Lucky. I forgot to say. Lucky says, Pastor, I am here, sir. He calls me, sir. Whether wedding or honeymoon, he is on duty. People are on duty. Hmm? I shouldn't have started names. I shouldn't have started names. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was I've overshot. Can we give? Yeah, the bus is on the camera. They stole all our cameras. Yeah, and he dug up his. <laughs> huh? He dug up his camera. And I watch him, how much more can he do? He's in the worship team. He's the leader of, uh, of team one. He's the cameraman. <laughs> and the smile is always there. <laughs> huh? And the bus, the bus is always coming. To, Pastor, did you notice this? Did you notice this? Things which are not his business. And none of his business. But he's so. Some of them are annoying. Leaders can be annoying. You know how they are. They can be too annoying. Can we bow our heads? I need to pause. Father, we thank you. Catherine, come here. I'm going to pray. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being a leader, Jesus, for us. Teach us to lead 
not to just follow. Teach us to sacrifice, not to just watch. Teach us to refresh each other and energize each other. Instead of criticizing, tearing down, attacking our leaders, help us to lift up their hands and think for them and feedback to them. Help us to be a community that creates leaders, not destroys them. Help us to be a community that lifts up the weak so that they can become strong. Help us to be influential in the earth. Time is short. There are too many problems in the earth. Bless us. Help us. Make us a community that is healthy and safe. That people can be weak here and not be destroyed. That people can try and fail and know everybody's got my back. We thank you for our leaders. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for our worship leaders. We thank you for our laborers, our technical people. We thank you for those that are standing out for the first time and saying, Pastor, I will try to lead. We just commit everyone to you that we will be a force for good.